Welcome to Titans Tube, Justin. Yo, welcome to Titans Tube, <laughs> Caleb. Oh, thank you. Oh my goodness. We're we're back, man. We're back. It's <laughs> we're been like back. two weeks uh, since we last made a video, and a lot has happened um, that we have not talked about on this channel at all, such as two brutal losses uh, to the Bills and to the Broncos, where it looked like the ah. franchise was uh, taking a downturn into oblivion. Um, but, you know, that happens a couple times every season uh, for the Titans, so it's nothing out of the ordinary. But um, uh, what else? Oh, I know. Mariota got benched. We haven't uh, had time to address that on this channel. Um, check out my shirt. Course, check uh, out my we, jersey, baby. I bet we're going to have so many people. So many people are going to comment just right off the bat seeing me wear a Marcus Mariota jersey be like, screw these dudes. They, they care about Marcus over the team. Uh, we not, are we are Mariota faithful, but maybe not. Maybe could you could you get like some uh, some tape and do like a one <laughs> and then do a seven on top oh. of the eight just for now until something changes. Why can't I do eighteen for uh, for Richard Matthews? Uh, I hate to break it to you, but he has not been on the team in two seasons. Well, he's still making headlines talking about number eight. So whatever. Okay, keep going, Justin. True. Sorry for the interruption. But also, real quick, okay, so we haven't been making videos, and I know what a lot of people of you are probably going to be saying, like, oh, oh, Titans tube, they're such crybabies when the Titans lose. They don't put out content and videos. Uh, and, uh, oh, look at, look at them now. They're back when we get a win. What's the deal, you stupid Fairweather fans? And you know what? There's probably truth to that, Caleb. Oh. We might be Fairweather fans when it comes to this channel. Totally. But really, no. <laughs> don't worry about any of that. Uh, the channel's just dying, to be honest with you. We're, we're dying. We're, we're holding on. <laughs> Uh, we're on life support right now <laughs> oh. and putting out videos. Is that is that fair to say? Uh, it is what it is, people. We're sorry that we haven't been here for for a while. The the scheduling is just a lot harder to align now that we're in separate time zones and have completely opposite schedules from when we did uh, when we were living in Nashville. So, you know, mm -hmm. if that's an excuse, well, smell it like a butthole. Is that how the saying goes? Um, well, anyways, I've, I've never heard it, but yes, you know, everyone's got them. They but all stink. Yes. Uh, that's ours now, but, uh, but thank you for those of you who do tune in. Like I saw our last video, like three weeks ago, had like 1200 views. People still at least like to listen to us. Talk about the Titans. Thanks. Yeah. Or maybe always appreciate it. Yeah. Always appreciate uh, people that, that tune always in. thank you. Uh, no matter if we're absent for months or if we put up multiple videos per week we, we appreciate everybody that tunes into us you know honestly um, if you so, guys yeah. really want us to do this full-time you got to get our patreon account up over a thousand a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> per year you know um so the titans get get a win their first home win of the season uh and they've been good at home these past couple past several or i don't know three four years we've had a pretty good home record uh but this is only our second home game this year and we're already in late october which is weird uh, losing to but the Colts the first time. Four game. out of but, the next yeah. five games are at home, so that's something. I know. We're about to go through a crazy good stretch. If, if we can, if we can string together a couple of uh, these, especially when these home games coming up, then uh, we're going to be right back in it. We're only a game out of the AFC South still. Um, but yeah, okay. So let, let's let's just talk about this game here. This game in in particular. So Ryan Tannehill. Okay, first of all, we saw two Titans debuts uh, on Sunday. Ryan Tannehill. And uh, the old big Jeffrey Simmons on the defensive line. And I got to tell you, I got to tell you, this guy already was making an impact and making a difference. Uh, just pushing pushing around offensive linemen in his 
It seemed like he played pretty limited snaps, maybe a little bit more than we expected. Uh, and he came back earlier than he we expected in general. This dude's coming off like a an ACL tear eight months ago or nine months yeah. ago. Like this is some Adrian Peterson recovery type crap we're, we're looking at here. Uh, just fantastic. I loved what I saw out of Jeffrey Simmons today. Yeah. Um, or you know, I, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. He's going to be a beast. Um, uh, that's all. I'm just going to echo what you said. He's amazing. He's going to yeah. be amazing. I think, I think we should talk about the other guy who debuted yesterday um, because yeah. we, we missed a critical moment over the last two weeks by not making the video. And that was Mariota getting benched in Denver, actually. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Denver. Titans, way to just Great. play the worst game of your life uh, and get blanked. So glad we didn't go to that by game. By the Broncos. Yeah, I didn't even go to I wanted to go to that game. I couldn't. But thank God I didn't waste my money on that. But Mariota getting benched. Um, I think it's pretty obvious. You know, a lot of this channel, we were talking about how this channel's dying. Well, a lot of the reason this channel got started was the hope that Marcus Mariota founded in this franchise. Uh, I think we started this channel like going into year two of his career. Is that correct? Yeah. It was uh, it was 2016, the year we uh, Demarco Murray's first year here, where we went on to uh, he went on to like lead the AFC in rushing. Yeah. We went nine and seven. Mariota broke his leg at the end of that oh, year, yeah. and we missed out on Got the playoffs. It. But yeah, the very the very first episode on this channel's history, uh, it was kind of, it was kind of ridiculous. But uh, <laughs> go back and watch we, it. We made go that, back and that watch voiceover it. and the graphics, and and then you did the editing where the cra- the the sun was rising in the sky, and then Mariota's head appeared uh, or whatever. Yeah. It was just this new bright shining light coming down on Titans fandom. Like, hey, the future is bright and promising. This guy. Uh, had a great rookie year, and we can look forward to to many good times ahead. That's that's what all and that's what we all sequ- thought, man. That's what we thought, and that and yep. he gave us some crazy good hope for a year. I still remember just seeing people like Marcus Mariota will bring multiple Super Bowls to the Tennessee Titans, and like people we people we people actually believe that. I I didn't believe it. We believed it. Um, so I, I just want to kind of give a moment to Marcus Mariota too, because he he was a huge reason and and. You know, shaping this channel over the last four years. So, Marcus, we honor you. That being said, dude, you look yep. like absolute shit against the Broncos. I'm glad we're going to Tannehill. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, that being said, yeah. Where where is the progression? He's he's uh, he's not gotten any better, and in a lot of ways, he's gotten worse. Is it who's to blame for his lack of of growth after his first two years? Uh, and even since, still, like he he had some good moments even after those first two initial really promising years. I mean, he's had some incredible clutch performances, uh, double-digit game-winning drives uh, throughout his first four years in total. Uh, got us at that playoff win in Kansas City. We'll, we'll never forget that. That's one of the best uh, Titans games in our history. Our most memorable one. Dude, Marcus Marcus uh, has provided win since we had Stephen. Marcus Aaron. has provided like yeah. eight of the top ten most memorable Titans wins in my opinion, or something like that. I don't know the exact number, <laughs> but I'm saying like he he is going to be go down as as memorable a like performer in certain games as like second to Stephen yeah. McNair or third to Stephen McNair and Eddie George. I would say like the games. He like excelled at and and made those plays like against Kansas City. Like, man, that dude was like a savior and just like unstoppable and just like the heart of everything you wanted behind the leader. Um, just 
I mean, the the inconsistencies from his, his rookie season that we saw just never progressed. Whether you want to blame that on the coaching staff, the constantly rotating door of coaches and offensive coordinators, uh, the lack of weapons. When he when he was with the team in year two, we had no weapons outside of Delaney Walker. Thank God J Rob traded for right. Demarco Murray. Uh, Derrick Henry was just a little baby back then. But uh, no, seriously, like, so you could blame it on that. I mean, people will, I think Mariota, if his career never, you know, if this was the peak of his career, the first five years as a Titan, you know, he might be a perennial backup for the rest of his, I don't know. I don't know what the future holds for Mario, Mariota. I don't know what it holds for yeah. me, but uh, if this is like the peak. Unless, unless he goes to like a division oh rival or like the Patriots or something, I'm not. I, I will always root for Mariota to, to have success wherever he is. And I hope people for, figure out how to how to utilize him or or they're they're able to give him his confidence back that he that he once possessed. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think things things not looking good. Uh, oh, and one more thing that I wanted to point out a Mariota moment that's uh, forever immortalized was the Barry Church stiff Hell arm yeah. on Hell Christmas yeah. Eve that put us in the playoffs. Like that that couple game stretch there with that moment and then the Kansas City playoff game. I mean that's that's like as good as as it's gotten for for the Titans and and over a Dude, that play, I so, mean, the play... Uh, so, shout out shout out to Marcus and what yeah, he brought Yeah, totally. Here. That play, his 87-yard yeah. run as a rookie, like, that was sick. I was yeah. freaking out. <laughs> oh, man. I, yeah, I just, uh, I think the Titans made the right choice. I think we kind of learned over the five years who Marcus is, is as a quarterback, his strengths and his weaknesses. And I think we just got to year five where, honestly, he just was, he wasn't bringing any life to the team. Um, and I think the switch was the correct move. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, it, and it certainly looks like it. it the, the coaches look good making the change uh, for the first week. But, again, uh, we can start talking about Ryan Tannehill here. Um, and we're I'm seeing the warning signs from people on social media and, and even, like, on the radio, people saying, like, hey, and even Dolphins fans, like, hey, this is what Ryan Tannehill can give you. But just wait. It's going to come where he's going to look like crap. He's going to put in a crap game, throw three picks, maybe a hundred yards passing uh, because that's what he did in Miami. So, uh, so, so let's, let's calm the optimism here. We're going to rally behind Tannehill and he, he really gave us a lot to cheer about on Sunday, but we're always, we're um, already used to those games, it, you know, from Mariota, he would give it those, give us those from time to time. To what he didn't give us is what Tannehill gave us against the chargers. That's, that's the ceiling. The ceiling's a little bit higher. So it seems as of right now. Yeah. Because, okay, so to compare, from what I'm seeing, what I saw from Tannehill yesterday and from what I saw from Mariota for, from this year and, and a lot last year too, um, it seems like to me that they're, they are very, they're a very similar type of quarterback. They're, they're, they're very comparable in their, in their level of skill to play the quarterback position. But the difference right now is that I'm seeing Tannehill playing with confidence and he's willing to take uh, risks. He's willing to throw passes into tight windows um, he's getting rid of the ball. He's not. We, we, he took a couple sacks against the Chargers, where he did linger in the pocket a little he bit too long. He got rocked a few but, times. Uh, <laughs> like when he when he fumbled oh the ball. Gosh. I am super happy we recovered it because that could have yeah. been disastrous. But he got rocked twice before he even hit the ground. Yeah, like they they completely crunched him. It was epic. I feel dude. Uh, it was oh, epic. We got lucky he didn't get hurt on that play because he has he's had injury problems himself. TBH, um, TBH. I bet. <laughs> I'm glad, glad to see. I bet Mariota starts another game um, for us this season. Just gonna go ahead and throw that out there. Seriously, if he takes more hits like that, we're gonna see Mariota yeah, totally. again for sure. Um, 
But yeah, he's 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 taking these these uh, he's making these throws that Mariota just didn't seem willing or hesitant to make this year. And before Mariota, when Mariota was playing with confidence, we saw him do that. He he was able to throw the ball into tight windows, uh, making the receivers or letting them have an, have an opportunity to make contested catches. Because, dude, that's how we're going to probably have to move the ball from what I see in this passing game. With these two big receivers, physical receivers in A.J. Brown and Corey Davis, that's what they're best at. They're, they're good route runners. They can make contested catches, and they're they're just physical. And so Tannehill was throwing the ball to him even though they were covered. Like, go back and watch watch the highlights. I mean, A.J. Brown and Corey Davis, both, both of them, all of their catches seemed like there was a guy right on them. And, uh, and they came down with the ball, and that's... That's their strength, and I think that's just what we're going to have to get get used to in this passing offense, and that's how we're going to have to make things happen because we don't have a burner. If there's one thing we don't have on this offense, it's we don't have at the receiver position. It's someone that can just break the game open with speed True. Uh, for us to take take some deep shots. Uh, as good as as good as Corey Davis and AJ Brown are. Like as far as like breakaway speed goes, they're not that much further ahead than like Derrick Henry. And even like Johnu Smith, Johnu Smith can, can fly, can dude. Hustle yeah, he for, can. for a tight end. He can fly. There, I mean, so they're not even that much faster than our tight end and running back, from what I see. But they're they're solid. They're so I'm I'm super excited for uh, to see this passing game hopefully evolve as chemistry develops between Tannehill. Uh, because man, we the ball was spread around too. Everybody Everyone. was making plays. Everyone. Davis and Brown, Humphreys made some crucial first down conversions. Um, like I said, Johnny Smith, he he had a big breakaway catch and run. Uh, Ferkser, yeah, the, the third tight end or whatever, got had a big catch too. It was just a lot of different different receivers getting involved in the passing game, which is something we haven't seen yet. Yeah, that was definitely the benefit of t- having Tannehill in here. One, the offense looked like it just had life. That was the one thing that was scaring me over the last few weeks with Mariota. Even though you can make the excuse that the O line was playing like crap. It's just that that Mariota's, I don't know, maybe his confidence was just gone, but he wasn't bringing any life to that offense. Tannehill did that from the start. I'm like, dude, this guy is ready to play. He is taking advantage of this opportunity, or at least he wants to take advantage. And I think everyone responded to that energy. And, dude, yeah, he looked decisive in the pocket. He was he looked decisive on his throws. His accuracy was – I haven't seen Mariota throw like that in a few seasons, how accurate he was throwing those balls in the tight windows. And, and our receivers yeah. were stepping up and making the plays. He just lifted the entire offense with him. And I know the Chargers defense was heavily depleted. So everyone's going to be like, well, the Chargers defense sucks. Well, still, like – it doesn't matter what defense we play against. We could look yeah. crappy against the bad defense and look really good against the good. That's just the Titans. It's. I mean, the, the, the Broncos defense is not what it once was uh, like a couple years ago. I, they, they've definitely regressed. They've lost some key pieces. I mean, they gave up 30 points to the Chiefs after Mahomes went out. Come on. So, I mean, they're, they're not like an elite defense by by any means, and they shut us out. That was, that was, that was one of the worst games in Titans by history. By far. For sure. On the on the offensive side, um, yeah, and Tannehill's ability to throw on the run really surprised me. He had that one throw where Corey. he rolled out to his left, yeah, to Corey Davis on the left sideline, and he had to contort his body because he's right-handed, so it's like an awkward-looking throw. And even the the color commentator, I think it was Dan Fouts, he was like, "That's a throw you see yeah. Patrick Mahomes make." Now, obviously, not saying Ryan Tannehill is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, because I, I highly doubt he could make those throws on a consistent basis like Mahomes does, but but watching him do that was was incredibly impressive. Um, 
And yeah, like, okay, so do you think the, the protection, the pass protection was better? Tannehill got sacked twice. Uh, do you think the protection was actually better for him? Because only getting sacked twice is like masterful. Well, I mean, <laughs> from what we've seen the Titans this year. Or do you think it was Tannehill just being more more decisive and able I, to get even the, ball the sacks out? he took were, I think, pretty much solely on Tannehill, just holding on to the ball way too long. And I, I'm going to yeah. throw that his his interception was agree. essentially a third sack, um, and that was just Johnny Smith getting beat off the edge. Uh, so that was battle line yeah. play. The, the first few sacks, yes. though. I think we're on Tannehill mainly because he just held on to the ball and then just didn't, didn't have awareness of <laughs> Joey Bosa coming up behind him to sandwich him. Uh, but no, I, you know, Bosa's I just think it was his more decisiveness in the pocket. I, you know, one thing we've harped on for your Mariota for years is like his, he just doesn't feel like he has really good pocket presence, you know, just like he always steps into like the wrong gap, uh, or, or steps and, you know, right into a defender. I just think the, the decisive Tannehill, yeah, really, uh, just kind of lifted the O-line play. Um, I mean, and then also the Chargers D-line sucks. So, Right. Yeah, yeah they, they had a lot of mainly injuries. on the D line. So like I, you know, I mean our our offensive line, we uh, Nate Davis and Jack Conklin went out with injuries. So like, I don't know. Our offensive line may may have more troubles ahead if once we face more upper echelon front sevens. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see how severe the, the injuries to those two guys are. Not like the right side of the line was playing particularly well in the first place, but. Uh, but yeah, I, I think a lot of it was Tannehill uh, being able to. He just felt more comfortable and in, in, in rhythm with this offense than Mario yeah. has. All, and honestly, all the long. offense just looked to run a lot faster with Tannehill back there. I don't know if I mean Mariota just looked stale in his first five games, five and a half games. It just looked like the off, like the snaps were yeah. slow. It looked like our offense was always a half a step behind every single person out there, and it felt like this week we caught up to speed. Um, which was great to see from our receivers, yeah. uh, from from D. Henry and from Tannehill and the O line. Um, Deion Lewis still wasn't doing anything, but that's whatever. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's him or if we just we don't know what to do with him, or we just completely fail to execute plays that are called to him because nothing good ever happens when Deion Lewis touches the ball this year. And I, th- I feel like we need to either fix that or bring in a running back either midseason or by next year at least to help complement Derrick Henry. He's he's a great bell cow back, but like we've we could really we use a good third down back, which is why I've heard we're in talks to trade for Kenyon Drake, which I, don't, I guess could help out yeah. that spot. And I think they were teammates, right? Uh, Alabama. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. But speaking of Henry. Um, I thought he had a great game. Uh, his He had a long run of 12, but he ran for 90 yards, and it felt like he was getting three, four, five yards every single play, which is great. Anytime you can get positive plays, um, that opens up play action, and we utilized play action a lot. Uh, he was he was very effective, especially in the second half, uh, getting to the end zone, the, our, our final touchdown of the game that put us up 23-13. to 13. Uh, That was a great drive. And, yeah, I thought Henry, Henry has really – found himself I, I mean he it was in the final eight games I think of last year but I think he's he's really uh, figured out where where he he can really excel he's running harder he runs with purpose um, he, he came out slow in his first year and a half or so of the NFL but I think he's really uh, adjusted to you know NFL defenses and NFL speeds and uh, man he's I hope we extend him honestly I, I think a lot of people were like yeah we 
I don't know if we should resign them. We have a lot of other uh, needs that are people that need to be extended and that we need to pay to have around on this team, especially on defense, and we can find another running back. I like Derrick Henry, and I hope I hope we sign him to a long-term contract. He's he's busting his butt off, and I think he really likes playing here. Um, he's become a leader. Like if uh, you see a couple of the locker room uh, victory speeches from the wins that we've had this year, he's the one like breaking down the team and like. Getting like, you know, Titans on three, everybody. Good win. Let's let's keep it rolling. We love this. We love this winning thing, man. Let's do it. And he seems really hyped to be a, to be a part of this. So I, th- I think it's a good fit. I like Derrick Henry and Rant. Your yeah, man, he does, he does look like he's found another level of, like, he is that RB1 you want in an NFL team. Um, he had, like, four or five runs yesterday where he was, like, dragging defenders with him for like five or six yards like yeah he only had that long of 12 for the touchdown but man he has some really powerful runs uh i think he can be a weapon to wear teams yep. down with um over the course of the season like if he can stay healthy he's only gonna get better because teams are gonna be more injured and less willing to tackle him late in the year like we saw last season and uh he looks like he's not gonna slow down or miss a step yet and he has yet to really break a long one i'm waiting for him to break a long one yet it's gonna happen for sure it's gonna blow the game wide open i mean he did uh he caught that that screenplay that was wide open against cleveland week one um, and he actually had another oh, screenplay yeah. in this game. And man, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty discouraged by the screenplays from the offense so far this year. But he had one that worked out for him. Man, that was close to breaking. Someone caught him by the feet yeah. from behind that tripped him up. But that was just that don't was run really screenplays well to Dion Lewis. Yards. That's all. Those never work. He like literally gets tackled in the backfield <laughs> every time. I don't know what happens. Because they know what they know. The defense knows what we're doing when at this point when Deion Lewis is in the game. It's like, oh, it's, they're probably going <laughs> to yeah. dial up a pass play for him, or they're definitely yeah. going to pass. Uh, he might just be in the block, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, and I was going to say uh, that that's a good point about um, Derrick Henry at the end of the season wearing down defenses. That's why I feel like it's so cr- critical to be able to have another running back to to come in there so he's not beat up by the time December rolls around. Because if he can still have some moderately fresh legs at that point in the season, he'll do what he did last season and just wear teams down. Like the Giants when he had like 35 carries and against the Jags when he ran for four touchdowns. And then he, and then you know, December was just his his own personal <laughs> month. He owned yes, December last he did. So, so hopefully we can, uh, yeah. Get, get something get something going uh, to help compliment him but I thought he had a he had a great game it, our, our offense was very balanced I was looking at the plays uh, the the pass attempts to rush attempts it was 30 passes to wow. 29 rushes that's almost as good of a balance 50 uh, 50 split as you could ask for. but not quite an offense gained over 400 total yards man we needed that yeah I mean our quarterback threw for over 300 so that right. never happens so welcome to the Titans, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, yeah, especially, dude, especially like, wait, what if our <laughs> passing game can maintain this kind of consistency over the next few weeks? Like teams, if teams can start to like actually worry about the Titans' passing game, it's only going to open up more lanes for Derrick Henry. Like he's only going to stand to benefit from that, as well as the tight, as well as the whole organization, obviously. But yeah, yeah, yeah lots sure. of so exciting, very, stuff. very promising performance in a good i mean we scored 23 points on offense like obviously <laughs> i will take that after this what of three like week stretch points. we lost 20 to 7 to the jags 14 to 7 to the bills 
16 to 0 to the Broncos. Like, oh my goodness, I will take 23 points every single week. Because with this defense, dude, that's going to win oh, us yeah. a good amount of games. Uh, let's, so let's talk, let's about, talk about this defense, man. So the I didn't uh, realize this until I looked at what? the box score, but our rush defense, uh, obviously the goal line stand is is the big, uh, the big strong stand against the run that we saw. But th- throughout the whole game, they had 39 yards of rushing between uh, Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. And the longest rush they had all game long was six yards by Melvin Gordon. So we made their offense totally one-dimensional. Dude, our our run defense um, has been an yeah. elbow cast for years, dude. Solid. <laughs> like, okay, seriously, yes. we've had, like, the top ten rush defense in the league for, for like, the last few seasons, haven't we? Yeah, it definitely feels like it. It feels like we always have – and that's the thing that – I mean, of course, we've had horrible seasons and horrible defenses, but, like, running uh, – rush defense is, like, one of the – the I don't know focal points or one of the the strong aspects of Titans football. Like we've, it seems like anytime we have a good team, we always have a lights lights out rush. I think the whole us. Titans franchise would be happy uh, if the NFL just like deleted passing from like the possibility right. of offensive plays. All we focus on is run offense and run defense, and that's it. I bet we would probably still not win a Super Bowl. We'd probably still finish nine and seven. But we'd win so many Super Bowls if it was uh, in the nineteen eighties. True. Was Give us some like leather that. helmets, bruh. Uh <laughs> I think that, was, that predates yeah. 1980, but, but I agree with, with the point. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, Anyone else agree? Leave it in but, the comments below. Like, subscribe. And back to you. Okay. Random, random plug. Gotta, random gotta get them in there. We, this no, is why... Take, take the opportunities. Yeah, this is why our channel's there. dying, because we're not plugging ourselves more. We have to plug ourselves. Subscribe <laughs> to Titans 2 Every. right now, and then share it with all your friends on Twitter. Go Titans. Man. Love it, love it. All right, we're on our way, back. We're on our way back up. Um, so, so it fell on on Philip Rivers to uh, to give them all of their production. And man, has Philip Rivers been a thorn in the Titans franchise his entire career? We always struggle against him. We've beaten him once ever before this game. And lost. Uh, shout out Jake Locker to times. Justin Hunter. If you remember that, I game. do, I do. Um, that was awesome, and that was the only time we ever beat him. Um, and he was he was playing well. I thought he was playing a really good game. I mean, he was dude in the first half. Those amazing toe tap sideline catches by their receivers were driving me crazy because <laughs> our defense was killing it. Yeah. And they were he was just making these miraculous completions on the sidelines that it looked like in live, uh, and watching it live, it looked like yeah, both of those easily incomplete. But no, those receivers legit had the had the feet in bounds with possession, and that's that really was the best thing going for him in the first half. They had what yeah, it was like 10 to 10. I mean, the from, from the get-go, Philip Rivers was like slightly overthrowing everyone. I mean, Hunter Henry had to make like first yeah. the catch of the year like laid out and then yeah, on that one drive, <laughs> they made like three catches <laughs> yeah. of the year. In no, the first even four on that one drive you were talking about, I believe they had I believe Keenan Allen had a toe tap and then uh Mike Williams had a toe tap and then Keenan Allen had another one. Like and they were all just yeah. like insane. And I'm like, this is not happening to the Titans. They're they're like making the most ridiculous catches. They've had like four of the top ten catches of the year on one drive. Yeah. And there's there's like nothing you can do about that. You can't guard a perfect pass and catch. It doesn't matter how good your position is. But we also should have had defense. a few picks early on too. Which uh, per- man, I thought we were gonna get some. 
it with the way Philip Rivers was just throwing yeah. it all around. I mean, he's, he he's looked a pretty bad, man. Gunslinger. Yeah, he He'll throw it. He doesn't give an f. He'll throw <laughs> yeah. whatever he wants to throw, <laughs> good or Totes bad. Totes Malotes dog. Uh, but we should have had. I really thought we were. Man, Malcolm Butler was Malcolm. so close to like a 100-yard pick six. Yeah. Oh, that would have oh, been sick. So close to that. That would have been huge. Kevin Byard um, almost had one yeah, too. He Phillip. almost had like a, a pick six. Yeah. Early, early on. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Kevin Byard, shout out to uh, Brett Kern and Kevin Byard, both oh, yeah. do it all players on the Totes. trick play in the first half. Well executed. If if Rabel's good at one thing, coaching, it's uh, calling. I don't know if he's even calling them, but fake punts under uh, Mike Vrabel have been successful so far. Had a touchdown last year against the Texans. Lefty, lefty. Dane Crookshank, yo. Um. So um, the pressure. This is my next note here. The the pressure I thought was decent. We had, but we only had one sack uh, along with five QB hits, which affected. I going back and watching the highlights. That that definitely affected a, a few of Rivers's incompletions. Uh, I wish we could have sacked him more, but he's one of those really hard QBs to to sack because he he gets the ball out fast. He's he's decisive when he feels the the pressure collapsing. So he's he's a hard quarterback. I feel like to, to tackle. Someone needs to ask his wife uh, behind the line of scrimmage for advice on that category. She knows how to take him down, right? Oh, he needs. She knows how to sack him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, well, you knew we weren't going to get through this whole podcast without a Philip Rivers has fifteen kids. I never jokes. said that. That wasn't a Philip Rivers I, has fifteen kids jokes. It was a Philip Rivers is sexy well, as hell joke. Oh okay. Yeah, see that one coming. By and large, the defense played well. So they had okay. So what the what the f happened to our defense on those final two drives? We had them at 13 points given up. We had a 10 point lead with less than seven minutes to go. And with the way our defense has been playing, in that scenario, you'd think you know nine times out of ten that game's in the bag. But I guess was it this prevent defense we went in? Philip Rivers marched down twice on our offense in no time. Like like our defense wasn't even there. We were giving them, we were giving them the whole field to work with. It, it felt like incorrect, uh, Justin. Incorrect. God, God bless you, Wesley Woodyard, but he should not have been covering Austin Eckler on the edge. Well, or on yeah. The Even on the final drive, like after Austin Eckler scored that touchdown, we still had Woodyard on Austin Eckler. Like the defense was switching last second to get Woodyard off Eckler. Like what kind of defensive uh, groupings are we calling out there? Why? Why? Yeah. yeah, dude, we miss we miss. We Jay do Allen miss Jalen Brown. Jay Brown. Jay Brown made a difference. He would have probably in that. In that he would have been in that spot for sure. But dang, like because we did not we did not have a, an answer for Eckler in the passing game. Like we yeah, either we did sometimes not. we just weren't even covering him at all. We were just like, well, we have no hope to stop this guy. Let's just not even waste having a guy cover him. Apparently, that was our good our idea. I can't believe that they really should have just rolled with Eckler the entire game. Like Melvin Gordon wasn't doing anything. And uh, Eckler is way more of a threat in the passing game, uh, but yeah, we got lucky. And and I don't, I, I keep going back and forth on, on how this game ends ended, and I keep going back how we should have won. First of all, um, on that fourth and inches call, the QB sneak uh, that did kind of looked like yeah, he it seemed like he got there. Um, it seemed like he got there. You couldn't really see the ball, but uh, more than anything, we just had a horrible initial spot. 
And the fact that we were further away from the first down line after that snake <laughs> was just ridiculous. Yeah. There's no way we lost yardage or lost inches on, on that sneak. If anything, he just didn't get anywhere. But it seemed like he, he had he had a, a, a little push that, that would have gotten him over that first down line. But, but whatever. Should we talk about Vrabel and, and not challenging that in that situation, having all three timeouts and, like, nothing to lose, really? We don't – we wouldn't have – use for those timeouts would we? I, I don't know man that was like they showed it a lot on tv and it was so inconclusive you could not see anything and he definitely didn't get like a, a you know an obvious enough push to like make it past the line by any means it would have been on like a second kind of last ditch effort of him like squirming around down there which is so inconclusive you couldn't see anything by then i mean honestly when when we like snapped the ball i was like oh crap we didn't get it like we had no push he literally just stayed in the same spot and until finally like henry came in and maybe yeah. pushed him forward and that's what everyone's like he should have challenged that i i don't know it was too inconclusive honestly in my opinion whether you challenge it or not i don't know i kind of felt like a timeout might have been yeah. more beneficial down the road i don't know how the game was going to turn out neither did Vrabel. But that just felt like since they called it on the field uh, short, it was like, dude, there's no way you're going to win that because there's just you can't see anything. You can't see anything. Yeah. And it's probably – and I think Vrabel or – some people have talked about this, that he, he was actually talking to the official, and the official, official was saying, look, we just saw the replay – and we can't see the ball or uh, or exactly. his body or where he specifically goes down. So if we we have no visual of that, there's no way we can overturn what's called on the field. And so I guess he was just like, all right. What ifs? Fine. Stupid official. I think he said that too. He said stupid official. Um, we should talk so, about Vrabel, though. I don't know. We should know. talk about Mikey Vrabel. Vrabel... Because yeah. he's 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 like, bringing some worry to me. Tannehill is bringing what does he some do life <laughs> on the sidelines. What what does he do in game? He looks game? dumbfounded. He looks absolutely dumbfounded twenty four seven. Or that or that he's constipated. I don't know which one. Both. He does. Yeah. And I was at the game, so I had to I had to ask you about it. But I've seen him making these these ridiculous like just expressions. He's always and just dumbfounded like, looks over the first six games but yeah you you were saying like how he just looked like just like befuddled and just like and then he takes what? he takes his like What's play sheet here? and like scratches his head even and he's just like and he's like never talking in his headset his headset is always like just straight up like no one wants to talk to variable on the game day he has no strategical input whatsoever yeah. except making bad challenges so or fourth down calls i don't know yeah, I don't know, because, yeah, we have Dean Peace calling the defense. We have Arthur Smith as the play caller on offense. And I know a lot of coaching staffs are like this, uh, and the head coach just kind of, like, does management and makes the big decisions on whether to go for it or should we kick a field goal or punt the ball here or let's take a shot down the field on this play uh, or try this uh, fake punt trick play or something like that. So, yeah, I don't know. And, and over the course of the season, there's been – at least it feels like once per game, just head scratching coaching decisions uh, that have really affected the game. Like a, like against the Bills, we were down I think fourteen to seven, and he's trotting Cairo Santos out there for what was it like a fifty-five yard field goal after he was already zero for three. If he makes the field goal, we still need a touchdown anyway. Like we should go for it, or or I maybe punt it. I don't know. And and against the Falcons when we were up by fourteen points. 
we were on the Falcons 10 yard line in the fourth quarter and he elects to go for it instead of kick the field goal to go up by 17. House money, like, dude. I thought House these were money. like obvious decisions. Maybe he had money. Dude, and yeah, yeah, this is what's starting to worry me about Vrabel, even though as our, our team seems to make, I mean, I know it's one week to one week, but that's the NFL. You know, who knows? We'll probably get shut out this week against the Bucks. But anyways, I'm saying it seems Vrabel is worrying me as the rest of our team seems to kind of be making a turn towards the positive path way uh and the reason is he's just he's and you've heard of like players coaches he is essentially that and he was a player so it makes sense dude he's coaching as if you just gave like delaney walker at the reins no offense to delaney delaney might be the best coach but he's coaching like a player and you heard it in him talking about his decision to put santos back out there uh for that fourth field goal he's like i knew he was gonna make it i'm like dude the nfl is not built on optimism it's built on analytics and like he has no kind of strategical mind when it comes to that stuff at all uh which is worrisome in the long run for me as a titans fan i mean that that field goal was a huge moment because even on the screen even on like the broadcast they were saying that santos's like career-long field goal was 53 yards and this one was going to be 54 and he's already missed three i'm like dude if variable knew that there's no way you put him out there he's just he's coaching like a player right. being like oh yeah santos is going to go make this play like the defense is going to make this next play like uh, for sure we're going to get this fourth down like i like some of that to an extent in the coach but like you also have to weigh the analytics of the game and just like the scenarios. He's, right. He feels like he has he has no awareness of the situational football, and that that is scaring me. And yeah, like yeah, and, and yeah, and along those same lines, like it doesn't feel like he has a good like flow yeah. or feel of the game as it's happening. Like if like if Derrick Henry has like 16 carries for 20 yards in, in a particular game and there's a huge fourth and two coming up or fourth and one, I bet he'd be like, let's give the ball to Derrick Henry up the middle. When if you've been watching that particular game, it's like, no, that hasn't been there all game. We've got to try something else. But I feel like that's something that, that he would do because he has confidence in his guys to be able to pick up the first down when it's like all analytics tell you otherwise. Do do something do something yeah. else besides call that particular play. Something Analytics are becoming game. such a major part of football. One because technology is like mind blowingly awesome in 2019, uh, <laughs> and two because they're important to football. Right. They I mean I know it doesn't predict 99 out of 100 times, but it it it's crazy accurate when you weigh the odds. I I I mean I feel like I've heard that Bill Belichick really uses them and his game planning and uh, situational coaching during games. It seems like Mike Vrabel just purely coaches yeah. on emotion and then just as a player. Like, he doesn't actually see what's happening and, and understand the concept of the situation. And this, and this, since it's happened yeah. enough over the first year and a half, like, I'm not thinking this is just like a one, like, I feel like last season it happened a few times and everyone's like, ah, oh, he's a rookie head coach, like, blah, blah, blah. We still love him. We still love his attitude. Now it's like, nah, this is becoming a coaching flaw that he's putting, he's basically the house money he's playing with is all his players hard work that they put into the game to get this lead and now that he's going for it on fourth down instead of kicking a field goal to make it a three possession game he's taking away all of that from his players like they're gonna quit on him i feel like delaney's already quitting on him just being like dude this guy doesn't know what he's doing as a football coach (laughs) i don't know Do you think this sorry that might be too harsh i'm just like he he's really like i'm worried about this situation here with him as a coach Especially since I don't feel like we have, 
there, there's I think Dean Peace has yeah. control of the defense, but I'm, I'm still also unaware of if Arthur Smith is that kind of like mind we want in control of the offense as well, which which worries me with him and Vrabel paired together. Peace is probably like, dudes, I got the defense. Don't worry about this. You guys just yeah. focus on everything else. And Vrabel's like, uh, let's go for it on fourth down. And <laughs> and Arthur <laughs> Smith is like, okay. I want to create adversity Arthur Smith's like, team. I'll drop a screenplay to Deion Lewis. They'll never see this one coming or whatever play we ran. Anyways, that's Never. just that's just some you know some yeah. uh, some worries coming out of me that have derived over the course of the season that these aren't just like anomalies and who Vrabel is a coach they're actual tendencies. Yeah, it happens because every it happens week. Every week, yep. There's at least one huge moment in a game every week where you're like scratching your head, like ah, I wouldn't do that, or I would definitely do this, Vrabel. This seems like the the correct course of action. Totally. Here. And like you were saying about like analytics guys, I think it's like the Eagles or maybe the Patriots. Or the Colts, maybe? all the good teams, like, dude. All the good teams. One or two guys that <laughs> probably do that, like have yeah, specific analytics guys sitting in the booth that goes that any given situation that comes up, they'll like crunch the numbers or whatever and make the decision. This is what we should do. Oh, it's fourth and three. Uh, we're up by one at midfield. Uh, the offense has done this and that. Uh, the numbers say we should definitely go for it here. The numbers are in our favor. Yeah, like, they have guys specifically in game. Uh, that are that are there to advise the coach on on some of the decisions that he makes, and Vrabel's just like doing whatever he feels like. He's like, oh, I've got confidence. He he hasn't made a field goal all game long, but he's got this fifty five. I mean, like maybe we do have some kind of analytics, dude. But so, the Santos field goal, like <laughs> he's never hit a career long at, for, for whatever fifty four fifty five, and this is his. He's already missed three in this yeah. rainy game. Like, dude, there's like. I get that he can probably you've seen him hit those in practice, but yeah, just playing the analytics of the game, man, we need we need someone like that on the Titans. Maybe we have someone like that. Maybe he's the one failing us. I don't know. I I, don't, I need some inside information to the team here, yeah. but it just doesn't seem like the the X's and O's are you know lining up in Vrabel's head in game to game situations. I don't see him week to week. Maybe he's the best at getting the team prepared. Yeah. But so far this year, uh, laying a dud in Denver and Buffalo and you know the games that we've lost doesn't seem like our team is prepared. I don't know, man. Am I being too harsh on Vrabel? Yeah. We saw a lot of that with like malarkey too. Like we would we would come off a great yeah. win, and then the next week we would look completely un. Unprepared. That was definitely a trend last season. And it, it kind of in that same light, talking about how, yeah, how how Vrabel. I know uh, a lot of what people felt about malarkey and us in the games that we won with him was that our players were winning in spite of of the coaching. Like we were overcoming the coaching flaws to to get wins. And I feel like in some cases with Vrabel, the, the same can be true because we've got good players on this team, and it's just like a struggle for us to 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 put up points. Yeah, well, I we're getting we're getting in our own way with, with some of the philosophical things that we that we run and just, decisions that yeah, we make. Yeah, I mean, I, I keep going back to these two plays, but then yeah, the fourth down against the Falcons when he's like, "We're playing with house money." No, you're not, dude. You're playing with a two possession game or a three possession game late in the fourth quarter. That is a huge difference. <laughs> Like that, yeah. And it wasn't even that late. It was like I think there was like ten minutes still, in the fourth quarter. I mean, easily enough time for the Falcons to mount. Yeah, two yeah, yeah. And there. I guess they could have, you know, they probably would have gotten three possessions either way. But still, like a three possession game and a two possession game in the fourth quarter is a major difference. When teams, you know, Big you could foul. possibly not even get that amount of possessions by the end of the game. Uh, that's all. You know, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how this plays out. But. uh 
but I don't know, man. If I hope my worry is that Tannehill is going to do just enough to maybe like keep the Titans a little bit relevant, and then we stick with Vrabel, and then down the road we're like, man, he had some critical flaws as a coach that came out immediately in his first two seasons, and we just overlooked him, and now we're stuck in some yep. kind of purgatory. Um, I don't know. I'm also right. worried about his CTE, dude. That's a real I thing, agree. too. Like, he played linebacker in the NFL. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you think? Yeah, man. That's that scientific, that too. That might be affecting his That's playing decisions. the analytics. You see how many the percentage uh, yeah, of people true. who are retired from the NFL that have early, that have signs of CTE or, like, have some kind of level of that it. He's got to have it. A little bit. That's not, it's not a diagnosis. That's just like, come on. That's the analytics, right? You hit your head enough times, you're gonna have headaches. Hey, look at look at uh, what about old man Dick LeBeau? I think he was a safety in the league, and probably when he was probably wearing leather helmets. So he's that old, and he played for forever, and uh, he was coaching just recently, and he's old as crap. So maybe I don't know. maybe he avoided. I mean, Gronk, it, Gronk already like healed his CTE, right? That's what he said. Oh, I, yeah. I you didn't hear that? I don't know okay. about that. There's not. Uh, Ah, yeah, he said something about he's already like healed it with Okay, anyways, that's neither here nor there. Um so yeah, uh so Titans th- are 3 and 4 now. It's still an uphill climb. We're one but we we're still very much alive in the AFC South even though we've dropped two games. We're 0 and 2 in the division, but the Colts are just 4 and 2, so they only have one more win over us right now. Uh they they have a tiebreaker over us as the, as do the Jags, but I mean, looking at the schedule, I mean, Tannehill, he's more than capable of leading us to another win against the Buccaneers at home, who uh, who also don't have a very good defense. Uh, if it turns into a shootout, though, if Jameis Winston decides he's going to be on his game and, and light it up, I hope it doesn't become that kind of game, because we're not going to win a shootout against any team, probably. But we have them, and then we have to we uh, go on the road to face the Panthers, who are without Cam Newton still. They're winning games, though, with their backup quarterback, so that'll still be a tough game. And then we get the Chiefs without Patrick Mahomes. So, I mean, hey, we we can get back into this thing if the Titans decide to show up and execute on a consistent basis, which is something that we've never seen before. So we're asking something that they've never done before. I was going to say, a.k.a. we're going to be 3-7, and so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yes. After There's, saying it's all just that. as likely we lose these <laughs> oh, next totally. three games uh, than to win all three, uh, and then we have a bye week after that. So Dude, it is sad to I see the the Titans play the Buccaneers again uh, on their final years of their rookie contracts, and and Jameis no, we don't has get to outlasted see the, the final Mariota, Mariota, yeah. which I thought from the start. I mean, neither of them have really panned out very well for their teams, but Jameis is still playing. And can't can't the same can't be said for Marcus Mariota, R.I.P. It's weird that that Mariota has 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 had more success winning games, but he's the one that got benched before Jameis. I mean, maybe the Titans just have a better overall team, which contributed to wins. Wins is a team. Jameis has had much but, better offenses uh, early in his career. Like, come on. Yeah, he's, we've never had a Mike Evans or a Doug sure. Martin. Remember little hamster dude? What was his name? Yeah, he was good. He was really good early we on. Got, we got one of his weapons now, though, Adam yeah. Humphreys. Adam Humphreys' revenge game. Uh, yeah, you know what? We don't need to hear the Richard Matthews like talking crap about Mariota now, about how you know he was too respected to get anything. I want to hear from Adam Humphreys. Who's better, Marcus Mariota or Jameis Winston? Right? I want like <laughs> He's the only someone guy that get 
that can yes get him in there and ask that dude that question and we'll settle it once and for all and then we'll both release them in the off season so whatever (laughs) just want to know just want the answer that's that's all just give us the answer and then you can play for whoever you want i'm I'm signing off with Um, words so Okay. No, yeah, that's good. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Those are thoughts about the game. <coughs> we, we pulled it out. We didn't even really talk about the Miracle goal line stand, but uh, thanks for holding out, Melvin Gordon, because you forgot how to hold onto the ball during your holdout, fumbling like two or three times. He dropped the ball in the first quarter, too. I don't even know if we forced Say, that So did fumble. Tannehill. But at least he got lit up. Oh, no, you're talking about he dropped a snap. Yeah, he dropped a snap. Right. It was like Perfect Titans. We make like one True. good play and then like three bad plays in a row. It was like a fumbled snap and then a penalty. And I'm like, oh, well, nothing's changed. And then we won. So things are different. That's what <laughs> – yeah, true. So uh, so thank you, Melvin thank Gordon. Thank you. Uh, you really have restored uh, hope a little bit for the season for the Tennessee Titans. Chargers, heartbreaking loss. They lose in really weird ways. They have that reputation, so nothing new for them, but I'm sure it's still just as painful. Painful um, for who? Not their yeah. fans. Ha! <laughs> because they don't have any, right? Up top. Oh, yes. They, yes. Up top. Okay, well, I'll, I'll take it. All right, dude, we got to cut this off before any okay. more corny jokes come out of my mouth. You know? That's true. Before people start unsubscribing, I'm not like Hold on. Oh, yeah. Give us another plug. They, so many people subscribed when I gave us that um, plug earlier. Yeah, I bet they did. Yeah. Uh, like and share and subscribe, and we may not be back for another couple weeks, but we may be back. I mean, who knows now? We're, we've become just as inconsistent as the Titans. So, in so, a sense, um, we are off, the most Titans, nope. Titans channel. Right? I think, I so, think that's a fair fair assessment so we should be we should do this full time so like subscribe comment all that stuff peace out